What is up, guys? How is everybody? Hope you're all had a, having a great Friday. Hope you had a great week. I can already see some of you in the live chat. Uh, as always, let me know how the audio sounds. Again, I want to thank you guys always, always for being here and joining me. Um, I've said it a million times, but this definitely makes my week. I see Teresa in the live chat. I see Terry. I see Sofa. I see Scheme. I see V. Thank you guys, man, for being here. It means the world to me. Um, Friday night. I'm sorry that I didn't go live on Wednesday. I was having issues with my internet connection. And uh, I thought it'd be better just to reschedule and do it on a day where I knew nothing was going to go wrong. Um, Warmer's here. What's happening, man? How are you? So, crazy week, right? Definitely, for me. Um, this is going to be the second podcast that we have up online and available. Oh, my dog just decided to get up. So, <laughs> yeah, so for you guys that are watching this, you guys that have been here uh, many times, thank you guys. For those of you that are new and that you're here on this live for the first time, uh, this is something that I do every week with the community, uh, my community here on the channel. I like to, you know, touch base with them, talk about the phenomenon, hear what they have to say, you know, relate on their thoughts, and just have an open discussion. Because I believe that if we all work together, we might get a little bit closer to the truth and we are all in this search together. So why not work together? This live is going to be available on podcast streaming services. I think that's how you say it. So for those of you listening to this as a podcast, I hope you enjoy this live session. Uh, I will be reading some of the uh, live chat comments and interacting with the community, like I said earlier. And if you guys want to join in in the future, just check out the channel, go on YouTube and search The Undead Gaucho. And this usually happens on Wednesdays. So, yeah. So pretty crazy week and pretty cra uh, crazy year, a kickoff to the year. And the end of 2020 was pretty wild as well. Uh, I'm sure many of you have been watching and seeing what's been going on regarding the UFO phenomenon in the media. Uh, recently, Joe Rogan, again you know, bringing some awesome guests onto his podcast. And it seems like he's really trying to talk about this subject. And I know some people may not be fans of Rogan. Uh, you know, his point of view, his stance, who he is. But I think there's one thing we need to at least acknowledge is that he is taking the subject and sharing it with millions and millions of people. And he's not somebody that is downright you know, disrespectful to the topic. He's skeptical. Uh, but I think he's a good example of what a normal person, even though we're all normal people, you and I, everyone here, those of you listening uh, to this podcast uh, and watching the live, we are all normal. But I'm just saying the people that don't actually spend most of their time researching the UFO phenomenon, he's one of those kinds of people. Even though he's interested in the topic, I'm sure he's read many books, and uh, I'm sure he's been into it. He has said that in the past, that he 
has had points in his life where he was very into the, the UFO phenomenon and high strangeness. But his interactions with certain people made him lose a bit of faith in the reality of this topic. But since he sat down with Fravor and talked about the Tic Tac case, it seems like he's gained a lot of faith. And he has been bringing guest after guest after guest onto his podcast that has millions of listeners and people that do not know about this topic like we do. And for me, like him or not, you got to give the guy, you know, his his due diligence, his respect, because, you know, he had Jack Vallée on there just recently. Now he had Travis Walton, which some people may already have known his story from Fire in the Sky, right, the film. If you haven't seen that film, I suggest you check it out. Probably one of my uh, top, you know, one of my favorite films regarding this subject. And it was interesting to see Travis on there. And I think he could feel that he was about to be communicating with millions of people. Because normally when I see Travis Walton talking, you know, in, in the public or, you know, on videos online or whatever, he seems to have this confidence in him. This time, there were moments where I felt like he was trying to be careful with how he explained himself and what he was saying about his experience. His experience is fascinating. And it is uh, scary for some, you know, maybe a bit eye-opening for others. But it is a case where there is a lot of data, uh, there's a lot of background, and Travis is there to tell you everything, you know, that happened to him. So let me look at the live chat, see how everybody's doing tonight, and see what you guys thought of Travis Walton's, uh, what was it, Travis Walton's interview, I guess, on, or his appearance on Joe Rogan's podcast. Let me see the live chat. Let's see what's going on here. Dan's here from Ontario, Canada. What's up, Dan? Thank you for being here. Gustav, thank you for being here. Angel, what's up, man? All the way from Seattle. Thomas, what's up, man? Yeah, the live chat is is full tonight. Uh, how many of you guys saw the uh, or listened to the Travis Walton uh, Joe Rogan appearance. I'd like to know your guys' thoughts. There were moments where I thought I could see that Travis was a bit nervous, maybe. Um, maybe not nervous, but like I said, he was being cautious about how he was portraying his story and the words that he was going to use and how he was explaining what happened to him. And uh, I was just thinking the whole time as I was listening to his story what people were probably thinking as they listened to Travis Walton's experience and they're listening to him, you know, express himself about what had happened to him that day in the woods. And I was happy. You know, I was thinking, thank God that there is a platform like this where Travis Walton can go on, have a discussion with somebody that's not, you know, treating him like a, like a kook or like Joe wasn't treating him like he was, to woo, you know what I mean? He was really trying to understand and and hear what Travis had to say, which is lots of people, like I said earlier, don't like Joe for who he is, I guess, or things he's said, he said in the past. Uh, but if there's one thing that I think makes him stand out from a lot of other people is that he communicates very well with people. So let's see, the, the live chat, Terry Brewer says he has not seen it yet, but he will. Uh, Angel says, I didn't see it. Uh, but I will now. Definitely, guys, check it out. Gustav, haven't watched it yet. Dan Travis uh, has been uh, 
Travis has been shamed his whole life is what Dan said. And you know, it's really interesting when you think about people that go through these kinds of experiences. If anything, Travis, in my opinion, is a badass, right? Travis is somebody that experienced an otherworldly, you know, he had an otherworldly encounter and he came back from it. So anyone that wants to shame Travis Walton or look at him as a weirdo, they need to look in the mirror and try to understand what this man has been through, right? What he experienced. And for him to be on Joe Rogan's podcast all these years later, recounting the same story, you know, not having any potholes, not having any missing pieces, telling the same story he's always told, sticking to his case, sticking to what happened. I think it shows a lot, a lot of integrity. And I, I respect Travis Walton for that. And I honestly think he's a strong, strong individual for basically pulling himself back to reality after being dropped off by uh, his abductors, you know, by the occupants of that craft. You know, he says in the uh, in the podcast, I don't want to spoil it for some of you, but he says he was, uh, you know, kind of feeling like he was going to be he was almost catatonic, you know, when he came back. And imagine what that would feel like. I've thought about it many times, like the shell shock you would get from just coming back to reality after that kind of situation. Now, I've talked about uh, a strange experience that I had here in Buenos Aires uh, a few years ago where I saw something that I couldn't believe and it really did shock me and it really did twist my brain. So I can understand what he's saying, like almost going catatonic because after I had that experience, it's like everything went back to normal right after and my brain was still like twisted like a pretzel. It was still wrapped up and thinking and on overdrive for, for days, right? For, for weeks, trying to figure out what happened, thinking to myself, I can't tell anybody about this experience. If you guys don't know what that experience is, I, um, I shared it on uh, the Fireside Chat with Project Unity. You guys should check that out. And also there's a video on my channel if you look, I think it's called My Paranormal Experience in Buenos Aires or something like that. It's an old video, but uh, yeah. Let's see, uh, Pro Illusionist is here. He says, what's up, Gaucho? He says, what's up, gang? Yeah, what's up, gang? <laughs> I like that, Pro. Sofa says he probably wishes he could thank them. You know, it's interesting because I've said this in the past, but when Travis's, when Travis first had ex his experience, uh, you know, he thought that it was a, a traumatic and scary experience. He thought that he was, you know, taken against his will and it was just all negative. Over the years, he's come to think that they actually saved his life because he got too close to the craft. So, yeah, so far, he might wish he could thank them. Um, sorry, guys, as always, as always, if you guys have been on these lives, I have a dry, dry throat. So let me get a sip of water. Uh, Terry Brewer says, in my opinion, he's up with Bob Lazar. Bob Lazar, the goat, the legend. Gustav says, Rogan is curious and smart. Smart enough to get awesome guests from the field that I reckon we all enjoy listening to. Yeah. And you know what's really important about it, though, is that you and I enjoy listening to that, right? We, we know who these people are. We look into their work. We know their stories. We know the cases. We know all about these people. But I'd say 
or more of his audience, the millions of listeners that he has, do not know, you know, about Travis Walton. And if they do, maybe they saw Fire in the Sky once, but they don't know. Maybe they didn't even know that Fire in the Sky was based on a real case and they didn't know the whole story. And to have Travis Walton on there talking, I think also gives a lot of strength to a lot of experiencers, right? A lot of experiencers, I feel like they can't share their story to see a guy like Travis Walton go onto one of these platforms with millions of listeners and share his story openly and not get shunned and not get treated like a, you know, a wacko or anything and get respected uh, really gives me hope that in the future, more experiencers, more experiencers will be able to come out and share their, you know, their stories. So, so yeah, guys, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time listening to it. And if you haven't listened to it, or you can actually watch it, if you have Spotify, you can see like the video, which is pretty cool. I, I like doing that. Um, make sure to do that. It's worth listening to. Travis talks about different things. You know, he talks about the, uh, the humanoid ETs that he saw in the craft, right? And, you know, I was thinking recently, and I, I think I, we may have talked about this in the past, that the hybrid program, for those of you listening that don't know what that is, uh, the abduction phenomenon, many people say that when they get abducted, uh, there is some sort of tampering with, with sperm and, and eggs, and they, they basically take us to create hybrids. Uh, lots of people have seen their hybrid children, supposedly, uh, which I think is, is fascinating and interesting. And bringing that up, I've been thinking about sharing this story with you guys. Uh, before I share the story, because I'm probably going to talk for a minute, I want to jump into the, you know, in the live chat again and see what you guys are saying. Pro Illusionist said, get some whiskey to clear up your throat. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, man. I could get some whiskey to clear up my throat. That's not a bad idea. Alien Girl said, uh, hi, Undead Gaucho. It was a wild week. Definitely. Not just for the not just for the UFO phenomenon. I think it was a wild week in general. But I agree. Uh, Zofa says hit like. Thanks, Zofa. Angel Marto says I think after the past year, people are more open to believing this information as well as telling their stories. I agree, Angel, and that's why I'm so happy to see these kinds of things. And I, like I keep saying, like I understand some people don't like Rogan. But I think what he's doing is genuine and what he's trying to do is search for the truth. And he is somebody that is curious and wants to have these kinds of discussions, even though he knows it's going to bring an audience and he knows people are interested in the topic. But um, I think it's going to inspire a lot of people and make a lot of experiencers feel a little bit more comfortable, right? At least telling their story maybe to their friends or their family, you know, and maybe people like family members that have heard these experiencers relay their you know, their stories and maybe didn't believe them after they hear Travis Walton's story. Maybe they will have a little more empathy for that person that had that experience. Uh, Sofa says the humanoids could have been Nordics, like have been reported in other cases. Yeah, I agree, Sofa. And I think it's interesting, too, that we haven't gotten to the point to think like, obviously, uh, if they are creating hybrids, they have the perfect hybrid already. And, and if there are humanoid aliens, right, why would they ever need to create hybrids with us? Why not just create them with the humanoid aliens? 
So there's something there that I think we need to piece together. But um, yeah, let me uh, share a story with you guys. Let me take a sip of water again before I share the story. Sorry, guys. I don't know what's going on tonight. But uh, I got a drier throat than usual. Luckily, when I upload the podcast, I'll be able to cut all that out. <laughs> Not for the live, though. So bear with me, guys. Okay. So here's my story. And it's inspired by this, this idea of humanoid uh, ETs and, and hybrids. It's something that I haven't talked about really online ever. I think I've maybe only shared this story with my wife. It is. It has to do with a dream. Okay. Now I know dreams, right, can be inspired by any sort of situation that you have in your life, right? It's your it's your brain sort of melding together something to to give you like a virtual <laughs> a a virtual world that you can play in. It's not virtual, but you know what I mean, imaginary world, right? Even though I made a whole video about where do you go when you dream and how how weird is it that we live most of our life uh, dreaming, but um virtual world i can't believe i said that um but let me clarify that this was a dream i've taken it as a dream and i'm not trying to get too woo or too you know wild with you guys because i've i've shared experiences of mine and every time i share a strange experience i worry that you know people are gonna come for me with pitchforks and and axes trying to uh, try to, you know, call me a liar or anything like that, but who cares? You know, I always ask you guys to share your experiences and I've asked millions of times for experiencers to, to shoot me a message and talk to me. So I'll give you guys this, this story. Um, a few years ago, I had a dream in this dream. I am at a supermarket in the beginning of the dream or what I can remember as the beginning of the dream, right? I'm buying some groceries and the supermarket is actually like a supermarket that exists in the city, not a supermarket next to my house at the time, but a supermarket that was real. And it's the view that I have in the dream is like, if you were actually, you know, standing there, it's like, you know, like first person, right? I'm, I'm looking through, I'm looking through my eyes and my hands as I'm paying the cashier saying thank you and taking the groceries. I walk out of the supermarket and I start walking towards this park that's actually there in, in real life in the city. And for some reason in, in my dream, in my mind, as I'm walking to the park, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to take a shortcut through the park to my house, even though I didn't live next to that park. But I guess in this dream I did or something. As I'm walking through the park, it's a beautiful day. But it's like sunset, so the sky's like purple, and the park's full of people. So it's probably like summertime, I'm assuming, right? Uh, there's people picnicking, people playing, you know, little kids playing on the swings and all this kind of stuff. And I'm walking through the park. I look up at the sky, and a cloud rolls in. A giant cloud. Gray cloud. I think that's strange. And in that moment, there's a loud flash and a bang. I fall over, right? Now, let me pause here for a second to remind everyone, this is a dream. I'm not saying that this actually happened to me, but it's a strange dream that I had that I, I think I, I want to share with you guys because it's, it's kind of 
fascinating. It's kind of interesting. And I understand, too, that dreams are influenced by, you know, what you look into or what you do. And I obviously look into this topic all the time. So take this with a grain of salt. But let me let me finish the story. So there's this flash bang. I fall over. The grocery bags fall on the floor. People start panicking, running all over the place. Um, they're running left and right. People are picking up their, you know, their their uh, picnic blankets. And there's this, like, oranges in my bag. And an orange rolls out of the bag. And it starts rolling forward down this path, this concrete path. And people are running all over the place panicking. And I'm thinking, I got to get to my house. You know, something is, something is, uh, something's happening. And uh, I look forward, and in between all the people running and panicking, there's a woman standing there that I've never seen before. And she's not panicking. She's facing me. She's maybe 10 feet away. In her arms is a, a baby, right? Maybe a one-year-old. Now I'm saying I'm going to give ages here because I'm assuming from the size of what I was seeing that I can give ages, right? So a woman I've never seen before with a baby staring at me while everyone else is screaming and panicking. There was like dead birds flying out of the sky. You know what I mean? Like crazy, craziness. The dream was getting crazy. Uh, it was turning into a nightmare quick. And next to her is a, I'd say a five-year-old kid. And next to that kid is like a 10-year-old. As I, I stare at her because it's like she doesn't fit into the dream, right? She doesn't make sense because she's not running with everyone else. She's not panicking. She's just staring at me with like a concerned kind of sad face, kind of like a worried face. Um, I still can't remember exactly how she looked, but I just knew in my dream that it wasn't somebody that I've ever seen before. And uh, the baby in her arms his head was like resting on her shoulder, looking away from me, right? And all of a sudden, I'm looking at the, the kid for some reason. I'm looking at the baby in her arms. He turns around. And uh, when he turns around, I realize that the kid has this weird complexion on his skin. It's like a, like scaly, Right? And his eyes are almond-shaped, but, but smaller than you would imagine. Not like a gray, right? Smaller, sort of like, um, like an Asian person's eyes, right? Like kind of squinted, but kind of beady. I don't know if that, that makes sense. But, um, and... The craziest thing was, is I see that and then my, my brain starts kind of like in the dream, I'm, uh, I'm kind of like in shock because it doesn't make sense with everything that's, that's going on. Right. I look over to the kid, the other kid, the five-year-old that was standing next to her on her, on the other side, he was holding her hand. Um, I'm saying ages again, cause I'm assuming from the height of the, of the, the beings or the kids or whatever. And that kid looked human, right? But he had like a mix of the scaly kind of weird skin that the, the baby had. The baby was fully, didn't look human at all, right? But it had a diaper on. It was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. 
And next to the, the kid, the five-year-old is like a 12-year-old kid that looks completely human. The 12-year-old kid then waves at me and I wake up and I just jump out of bed and I wake my wife up she, by accident, right? It's the summer in Argentina. It's hot. So I jump out of bed. I'm all sweaty. I'm all like breathing heavy because I was like in the dream I was doing that, right? So I woke up feeling the same way I felt in my dream. And um, it was kind of crazy. It stuck with me forever. That happened years ago, that dream. And why it stuck with me was because the way that the, the kid looked in her arms didn't look the way you would imagine it would. Like if I were to look at pictures online of a, I don't know, of a, of a gray or of a, you know, a sketch of a supposed reptilian or something like that, this looked what, like for me, it seemed like what it would really look like. Like it, it resembles something that you would maybe associate with a reptile, right? The color of the skin, it was like brownish green. Um, but it didn't actually look like a reptile. And the features and the details were so strange to me that like my mind created that, that hybrid kind of thing. Um, it stuck with me for years. And again, it's a dream. I look into this topic all the time. Obviously, it could have been influenced by me looking into this topic. But talking about Nordics and hybrids, I thought I'd share that that, that dream with you guys because it's something that I had and it stuck with me for a long time. Because I don't know, the kids just looked, it was so strange. It was like they, uh, the details, I'm telling you guys, the details were so clear and so anatomically correct is what I'm going to say. Like that it, it wasn't like exaggerated, right? It was like, it made perfect sense. Um, but it was very strange and I haven't had a dream like that again, but, uh, I thought I'd share that with you guys. Cause it's kind of a crazy, crazy dream that stuck with me. I actually tried to draw, imagine that it affected me so much. The next day I woke up, I'm, I'm I'm really angry at myself for not grabbing a sketchbook when I woke up that night and drawing what I saw in my dream because I can draw. So I think I might have been able to actually draw it accurately because I tried to draw it the next day. I don't know where the where the sketchbook is that I used the next day, but it was really strange because the eyes were not large. They were kind of like beady, but they were black. The head was round, you know, no ears no nose, you know, a slit for a mouth, but it was just, it looked so real. It didn't look like something out of a, fa you know, out of fantasy. It looked like really realistic, which tripped me out. And it was also like, um, like I said earlier, it was like my mind, I couldn't imagine my mind just piecing that together, like giving me that image, right? Like I couldn't my, imagine my imagination creating that. It was just like too realistic. But yeah, crazy dream that I'd share it with you guys. If you've ever had any dreams like that, I would like to hear them. Again, dreams are dreams. Sometimes a dream is just a dream. I just thought I'd share that with you guys. Let me check out the live chat, see what's going on. Um, uh, 
Bud Nicholas says the rolling orange indicates you're losing your health and are obsessed with a phenomenon that is consuming your attention. <laughs> I don't know, man. That was a long time ago. A long time ago. And I don't really think I'm obsessed. I mean, I would say that I've had the same level of interest in this topic that I've had my whole entire life. I think maybe I've been spending more time trying to figure out how to create content and how to communicate with you guys and spread, you know, my ideas and, and help uh, look, you know, search for the truth. But the rolling orange, I don't know how the rolling orange, let me know why you think the rolling orange indicates that. A Bormer says, do you know what everyone else in your dream was running from? There was a large, there was a, a cloud that rolled in, right? Before I dropped the grocery bags and fell over, there was a cloud that rolled in. And I remember because the sky was like pink and purple. It was beautiful in the dream. So I was like, oh, cool, sunset. Because Argentina has nice sunsets in the summer. This cloud just comes in kind of like smog or smog or smoke coming under a door, right? Just came in like, and then all of a sudden there was a bang, like a loud bang and a flash. And then everybody started panicking and running. That's what happened in the dream. Terry Brewer says, that's a neat dream. I've had a few odd ones myself. Terry says, I had one when I was about three years old. Oh, can you remember that dream? That's a long time ago, Terry. If you can remember that, that'd be interesting to hear, man. Definitely. Yeah, when I was younger, I had crazy dreams. Seriously. I mean, but of course, dreams are dreams. And you are influenced. You know, it's... Some people like to study dreams and, and learn from their dreams. I've tried to keep a dream calendar, but it's like, I think I haven't been able to dream that much ever since, I don't know, a few years ago. It's like I stopped dreaming so much as I used to when I was younger. But yeah, I thought I'd share that with you guys because we were talking about hybrids. As always, tonight I have my, my co-host with me, Nala, my dog. She is laying next to me. So if you hear some scratching, some yawning, or a dog barking, that is her. <laughs> uh, guys, do me a favor, for those of you watching this on the live, copy the link from the live, share it on, on Twitter, Facebook, any social media that you guys use. Let's see if we can get more people in here, get this discussion going. Um, so yeah, I don't want to talk about my dream all night because that's not what I'm here for. But again, back to Rogan. Uh, have you guys seen the Avi Loeb appearance on Rogan? And he talks about Oumuamua and why he thinks it may be a you know extra an extraterrestrial you know craft or or visitor that uh, that people are overlooking. And I made a whole video about Omomo a few years back, two years ago, I think. And I thought it was fascinating. A lot of people didn't really care about it, care too much about it. Um, but I thought it was fascinating. And again, Rogan, continuing the discussion, helping push the idea forward. And uh, Avi has some great, great concepts and great ideas. You know, he talks about why people don't, you know, why the scientific community doesn't really take this, you know, the, the search for extraterrestrial life or the UFO phenomenon and the topic seriously. Um, 
and he actually brings up Jordana Bruno in one part, uh, saying that, you know, lots of people aren't open-minded. You know, lots of people can't have these discussions that we're having today, right? Uh, that the discussion that we're having now, those of you listening and those of you here in the live chat. Um, and it's really sad to know that people can't just sit back and have an open discussion. Um, Joe was a little more optimistic. He thought that, that people could. I think some people can, but I think the majority of people can only talk about what society lets them talk about. You know, the, the boundaries that society puts up are very real. Um, you know, people may be more comfortable now talking about UFOs because it's in the media, you know, and it's what we need, but we could have been talking about UFOs for many, many years. We could have been talking about this subject for a very long time, uh, which is quite, you know, it's, it sucks to say that, but you know, I gotta be positive and think about where we are today. Let me check out, uh, the live chat again. Uh, Rodrigo's here. What's up, Rodrigo? V said, Avi was great on, on Lex. Yeah, I agree. He was great on Lex as well. Bud says, just figured out that someone that packs an orange with their lunch <laughs> is packed it because it is healthy. And in your dream, it was rolling away from you. Oh, I get it. Maybe. You know, I wouldn't say I'm the healthiest guy. You know. I'm not, not at all. Uh, I've got my vices, so definitely not the healthiest guy over here. Uh, Avi said, oh, V said, Avi Loeb on Lex Friedman was excellent. Greatest interview. Definitely, guys, I agree. Check that out. It's a good interview. And if you guys are not uh, following that UFO podcast, Avi Loeb is going to be on that UFO podcast. And Lou Elizondo is actually going to be on that UFO podcast. So make sure to check it out. My boy Andy on that UFO podcast is making some moves, getting some big guests on there. Um, and uh, Andy's great. So make sure to check out that UFO podcast for sure. Um, oh, another interesting thing to talk about, apart from uh, Joe Rogan and everything. I just want to shout out real quick My Spooky Soup on Twitter. Twitter, her Twitter handle is my spooky soup. She bought the first undead gaucho shirt. I think that's pretty cool. Like I'm drawing different graphics, and I think I'm gonna do one drop a month, and see. You know, I'm I'm drawing for because I like to draw, and I thought why not create some t-shirts or something for you guys to rock. So yeah, my spooky soup, the first person ever to have an undead gaucho t-shirt. Also, thank you to my patreons. I gotta start shouting them out more. You guys, you know, it means a lot for anyone to, like, help me out because I got to get new lights. I got to do, I got to try to make the channel as good as possible for you guys. How many of you have seen Robert Bigelow's back in the media, man? I got to say, Robert Bigelow is somebody that I truly do look up to. Some people have a problem with Bigelow. I do not. Uh, I think Bigelow may have some secrets. You know, that he can't share. I think Bigelow made a lot of money. I think Bigelow uses that money to try to find answers to this topic, this subject. And some people don't see where he's coming from. Um, 
but now he's trying to you know help fund research for for consciousness you know consciousness research uh, Robert Bigelow you know his Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies BICS uh, and you can actually win I think it was like five hundred thousand uh, dollars if you can give him sort of the best explanation for life after death or you know prove that prove what happens after after you die and what that made me think of was Biggles the perfect example of somebody that thinks outside the box completely and has been thinking outside the box for a very very long time and it's probably what makes him so successful in my opinion I mean we got to be honest the guy much knows much more than than what he's telling us and I kind of you know, I, I do think that some of these truth keepers, I made a whole video about Bigelow on my channel called, uh, I think it was called like UFO truth keepers. It's funny that I don't remember the names of my videos, but I've made like 90 videos. So sorry if I don't remember the names of my videos, but, um, you know, there's certain things that I, I think have to be told to the public in the right way. Right, like you can't just go around saying everything that you know if you've seen things and experienced things that uh, that may be hard to process or hard to to swallow for some people. Like even me telling you guys the story of my dream that I had right earlier in this in this live. Those kinds of things worry me because I think somebody might pick this up, somebody might take this, not understand that I'm saying this is a dream, and think that I'm trying to trying to say that that really happened to me or something and uh or they might run with it and pull their own theories out of it base a whole try to spend a lot of time researching and thinking about it when i don't know you know i don't know what happened it was a dream um but if you guys check out mystery wire go on youtube check out mystery wire there's a few more interviews with uh with george knapp and and Robert Bigelow that are definitely worth definitely worth checking out. Um, anytime I hear Bigelow speak, I listen for sure. Like I said, guys, he may be a truth keeper, right? But if there's anyone that I would like to sit down and have a coffee with or a beer, it's Robert Bigelow. Uh, you know what, guys? Do me a favor. Let's let's try something real quick. Copy this, right? Bigelow has a Twitter account. Copy this this live. Say, hey, Gaucho wants to talk to you. And at Bigelow. And let's see what happens. Everyone do that. Let's see if let's see if we can actually get in contact with Robert Bigelow. I'm telling you, that's the kind of guy we all want to talk to. That's the kind of guy that we need to figure out what he knows. Right? And I'm telling you. People think that he doesn't know anything. The guy has spent millions, millions looking into this topic. And you think he doesn't know anything? Come on. Be realistic. Seriously. Let's check out the let's check out the live chat. Uh, effortless, effortless awareness says Bigelow knows more about the entirety of the UFO phenomenon than anyone. Project Unity uploaded that video of Jim uh, Jim uh, James Fox talking about someone who has invested millions and has told him they walk among us. That is Bigelow. 
I mean, if it's somebody that's invested millions, it's most likely Bigelow. But I'm sure there are so many millionaires and rich people out there looking into this topic. I got to be honest with you guys. If I could ever make a living from uh, off the channel or off anything, right? Anything that had to do with this topic. Maybe I create a, a TV show, right? And I, and I made a bunch of money. I would spend a majority of my money traveling the world looking for the truth. And I would kick down all the doors that I had to kick down. And I would go to all the little private parties that I had to go to to meet all the right people, the right senators, the right politicians. I would get in there and try to meet the truth keepers. Because, like it or not, the world we live in is run by money. And we can sit here and research all we want. Maybe we can go on a little adventure every once in a while. Uh, but I think those people that have they have access, they have power to get in to the right places and meet the right people, shake the right hands. Those are the people that, that actually truly know what's happening. Like, or they've experienced the phenomenon face to face firsthand. Alien girl. So what's, what's his Twitter name? I think it might be, uh, for Bigelow aerospace guys. So let's try that. Everyone copy the link of the video. Tweet it out and at Robert Bigelow. But let's see if uh, let's see if I can find his his Twitter account real quick. Let's see. It must be maybe I can copy it into the chat. All right. It's he doesn't have a personal account, but he's got. I think does he have a personal account? Let's see. I know Bigelow Aerospace has an account. Um. Let's see. One sec, guys. For those of you listening to this, uh, we are looking for Robert Bigelow's Twitter account right now. And we're going to see if we can tweet him, see what happens. I mean, there seems to be an account that isn't verified that could be Bigelow. But it's not verified, so I'm not sure. At Robert T. Bigelow, but that could be anybody, right? I would say do it to Bigelow Aerospace because Bigelow Aerospace is verified. Say at Bigelow Aerospace, Undead Gaucho wants to talk to Bigelow. <laughs> Let's see what happens. That would be funny, man, if he ever got back to me. But, you know, the community's really been, really been making, touching base with a lot of important people. I would say, like, the other day I saw Ryan Sprague talking to, to Lou and uh, and Sean. And Lou's actually acknowledged UFO Twitter a few times already on different podcasts and on different YouTube videos. So it's, it's, it's possible. You never know. But we got to break down the doors. Like I'm saying, guys, we need to get where we need to go. We need to talk to the right people. <laughs> Let me see uh, what's going on in the live chat. Alien Girl says, is Skinwalker Ranch one of those ley lines that the Cousin Brothers found? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Alien Girl. Effortless, uh, effortless Awareness says, Zofa, nice, same. I had my first out-of-body experience uh, when I was creating an image of my reality and no one longer felt my body and I still do them every day. Monroe Institute, incredible, incredible, incredible. 
So if it says effortless, the Monroe tapes help me have my first OBE and probably help me get my first C5. Now, we could talk about OBEs tonight. For those of you listening, an OBE is an out-of-body experience. My father had a, an interesting uh, OBE experience. Uh, he got in a car crash and he flew out the windshield and he told me he could see himself like, you know, from the sky, like a drone, like he was looking down at his body and then he just went back into his body. I'm not going to go too much into detail because I feel like he should tell that story. Maybe I'll get him on here one day to tell the story. But uh, I had an OBE experience when I was real young. I've actually had a few, uh, to be honest. But there's this one that I remember clearly because I had, uh, which is pretty, it's a pretty crazy story. I had, um, here I go again with another crazy story, but whatever. You guys deserve to hear them. I want to hear your experiences, your close encounters. So I'll share my stories uh, more now to try to let you guys know that, yes, the paranormal is normal. <laughs> but um, I think we were in Costa Rica or Guatemala. Right, my family. When I was a little kid, we used to travel a lot. I think it was Guatemala. Uh, we were in like a jungle area, and I got this really bad flu, or, or yeah, really bad flu. Right, but so bad to where the fever got so high that, you know, they were trying to shower me to lower the fever. But I started like hallucinating at one point because the fever was so high, and it was crazy because I was uh, we're like in the middle of the jungle, right. There's a lot of jungle plants and it's like uh, I was sleeping in this room at night and I think there was somebody like snoring and because I was hallucinating from the fever, it's like a jungle cat came in through the window and started walking around the room. I remember that part. And then they like rushed me to uh, to a hospital in the middle of the jungle, right? Um, and I remember them taking me and throwing me on this, uh, like a metal, was a gurney, right? Where they like roll you into the operating room. Took off all my clothes for some reason. I don't know. Maybe because I, I was burning up. And uh, they started giving me shots. I don't know what the shots were. I was little, little kid. Here's the interesting part. I felt like it was a dream, but I clearly remember the situation. So in the hospital, in, in this room where they're giving me shots, I think I'd passed out at this point, right? There's this little window, like up at the top of the, of the room, right? One of those windows that, you know, that you pull and it like kind of slides open. I went through that window somehow, right? Like my view, it's like I went off, it's like I came off of my body and went through the window because I could hear my mom outside of the window, and here, the craziest part was, is she was sitting on a bench with my dad outside of the building behind the room where I was in. I couldn't see her. There was no doors, a wall and a window. But I went through the window, saw them sitting there holding a bag of medicine. My dad was hugging her. She was crying. She was worried about me. And I saw her and then I just turned around and went back through the window and back to my body, I guess. And I always thought it was a dream. And then one day I, I asked my, my mom about it. I said, hey, uh, when we went to that hospital, were you sitting outside of the window like this there holding a bag with dad sitting next to the thing? I could have never seen them, right? 
she was sitting outside the window holding a bag with my dad, crying. And I went through the window and saw it. So, first OBE for me that I can remember. And I always thought it was a dream. It was pretty crazy. So, I believe in out-of-body experiences for sure. I had some other ones, too. I'll save those for another another live, another podcast episode. Um, Sofa says, I saw through my eyelids... Even though my eyes were closed, I saw a powerful young woman raising her arms in front of a crowd. Then a couple of days later, I saw her on the news uh, as the CEO of Binance. Well, I think I might have missed what they were talking about there. That's interesting. Did you have like a like a vision sofa? Effortless awareness says, "Wow, good story on your dad's." That's true. OBE externalization of consciousness. Mine was more internalization of consciousness, like no longer felt my muscle tension, completely weightless. That's interesting. I've had a few of those too. I think I've had internal and external, totally. Um, I actually don't enjoy out-of-body experiences that much, to be honest. Uh, I think the last one I had, I was in my 20s and didn't enjoy that at all. It was kind of crazy. It was like too much to handle. Uh, Effortless Awareness says, Wow, Undead Gaucho. That's a true OBE. When you externalize your consciousness and high fevers uh, and aesthetics can do that. Ingo Swan was a master of OBE. Ah, uh, yeah. Ingo Swan. Definitely interesting character there. If you guys don't know who that is listening, make sure to check that out. Sofa said uh, he's talking about his... Uh, what he saw in when he closed his eyes, what I talked about earlier. Um, the CEO of Binance, she was talking about Bitcoin. He says, yeah, I got to a level of meditation where the colors under my eyelids manifested into images and I could physically see. What well, Sofa, I think you should buy Bitcoin. I think we should all buy Bitcoins, honestly. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, guys. Digital currency is the future. Do not let anybody trick you. Do not let anybody say anything different. It is the future. Don't don't let them say that it's another way to control us. No, it's the way for them not to control us, actually. So, get Bitcoin. Use digital currency. Eric uh, Dudas says, can you share your OBE experience when you were 20? Uh, I can. Maybe not on this, this live. Just because... Uh, Okay, I, I guess I can. Okay. So I'm 20. Or no, maybe I'm like 18, 19. Right? Around that age. I was... Uh, how can I say this? Uh, I took something that altered my reality a little bit with some friends of mine. And, um, you know, the young me. The wild kid. I was a pretty wild kid growing up. And we walked out the side of my house. It was a starry night in Los Angeles. Just me and one friend. I look up at the stars. I look when I look up at the stars, it's like my my soul or my energy just shot out of my body. It was crazy. It was like it just shot out of my body, and went up into the stars. Like I saw the stars. I saw everything. I saw the universe, and. It, uh, I know this sounds unbelievable and I, I understand completely. This was my, you know, my personal experience with this situation here. 
and it was quick. It was super fast. It was like one second. I fell back, and again, it was like I shot out into the into the sky, past the stars, into like infinite darkness, and I had no control over it. It was just like I got sucked up into the sky, and uh, it was like white noise, and it was crazy because I got to this point where it's just white noise, and uh, I was like, oh, no, I'm dead. <laughs> I was like, this is death right now, like. You've literally died on the side of your house, man. Like you need to not die on the side of your house. But while that was happening, I started thinking to myself, it was like my energy or whatever I was, wherever I was made me realize that like what I understood was that we control our destiny. It was like we control our reality. Like we are our own gods. Like we control reality for ourselves. Because once, you know, our, our soul or our essence or whatever goes free from this, from this vessel that we have, it goes into the infinite and, um, and it's just white noise. Uh, it's just fuzz. I guess maybe you float around there until, <laughs> until you reincarnate or whatever. But, uh, I came back as soon as I thought like, I can't die on the side of my house. I got to go back. I shot back. And it was like rewind. It was like uh, rewinding a tape. It was like I went exactly in the same visuals, same thing, all the way back down. And I even saw my friend holding me on the side of my house thinking like, oh, this, this dude's dead. Like he just died. I saw my friend holding me as I came down from the stars into my body. And then I woke up. And I jumped up and I told my friend, we are God. <laughs> There is no God. We are God. We control our destiny. We control reality. And my friend was like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. So that was a crazy experience that I had when I was 20. But I do consider that an OBE because I definitely shot out of my body somehow, some way. Um, my consciousness or whatever was, was gone. But it wasn't fun because it, I couldn't control it. It wasn't like I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to fly. No, it was like it was like a roller coaster. Um, but yeah, I don't want to talk about <laughs> Boromir says, damn, what were you smoking, Gaucho? <laughs> um, nothing too crazy, guys. Trust me, I wasn't doing anything too crazy. Uh, if it, it was, if it was anything weird, it was natural. So don't worry. It wasn't anything crazy. Audrey Price says, question for the OBE or parallel dimension topic. Anyone else have the experience of hearing someone talk or call your name? audibly walking you from sleep or even audibly while you're awake. Audrey, interesting enough. Tonight's like the night where I share all my all my stories. <laughs> uh when I was a kid, you can ask my brother this. He'll he'll vouch for me. Uh we were going to I think it was like Six Flags or Nasbury Farms, something like that, like a theme park. And I heard my mom's voice in my head. I heard her call my name and I told my brother, "Hey, you hear that?" And he goes, what? And I go, I heard mom. And he's like, what? And uh, I'm like, yeah, call mom right now. Calls my mom. My mom was looking for me. He, she didn't know that he had taken me to to Knott's Prairie Farm. So that's pretty crazy. So guys, thank you for being here tonight. I'm sorry that I shared all these wild experiences with you, but that's what this is for. That's what we're here for. The battery on this camera is going to die soon. So I got to go. But I promise I will be back soon.
You guys are all awesome. Share your experiences with me. Never stop searching for the truth. The truth is out there, and the UFO phenomenon is very, very real. If you'd like to support me in any way, you know, if you're not subscribed, subscribe. Hit the thumbs up. Share the video. Find my Patreon. There'll probably be a link in this video somewhere. Follow me on Twitter. You guys are the coolest. And uh, we will definitely talk soon. Thank you guys for being here tonight.